Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want access to the best in construction industry training? Call Master Builders Victoria today. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. They're about to seal a win over one of the biggest. Bastolita comes in, bowls to Nokia, who smacks it away through the covers for four. And the Dutch celebrate. You'll really see that. The boundary conceded and the celebrations begin. But Netherlands have beaten South Africa. They have knocked South Africa out of the World Cup in 2022. The orange huddle forms in the middle of the ground and the South African batters congratulate them, shake their hands, but they will be devastated. They finish on five points in the group. Pakistan or Bangladesh will finish on six points at some point later today and it will knock them out of the World Cup. Wow, great call there from Jeff Lemon. Stunning upset. I heard from Andrew McDonald, one of the uh, grabs that was played with Jared this morning, talking about after Australia's loss, saying, well, you know, it's 2020 cricket. You know, Pakistan, they haven't even qualified for the semifinal. So no one, I don't think, was expecting uh, that result yesterday. Jeff's been good enough to join us. Jeff, I'm just wondering, at what stage of that match yesterday did you think, hang on a second, South Africa might lose this? I, I think we thought that, you know, it would be close, but that they would find a way to do it. So even when there was a point where they needed 60 off the last six overs, and but they've got David Miller there, they've got Heinrich Klaassen there, and, and those are two pretty powerful strikers. And you think, well, they'll be good enough to take on, you know, one Dutch bowler, take 20 off and over at some point, fix the equation, and they should be right. It was really only when... Uh, uh, when Miller got out, that you thought, well, hang on, like there might, there's not actually going to be the support at the other end. They've got a short batting lineup, and uh, they could be a, a real chance to get knocked off here. But I think it was only with a, yeah about four or five overs to go. Just reading some of the analysis today and uh, some of the the post mortem, we're all talking about South Africa again uh, failing to get it done in a big tournament at a crucial time. But there's, I saw a bit of criticism around the decision at the toss from the South Africans. Did they get that wrong? Well, I, I think they had it right in terms of thinking that they've got a, a, a bowling attack that can outmatch the Dutch. I mean, you see this thing quite often in international cricket where the teams at the very, very top that have proper fast bowling, you know, 145 kilometre an hour plus sort of fast bowling, the lower ranked teams don't face that. They don't see that when they play against each other because they don't have those kinds of players. And so... If you've got someone like Anrik Nortia in your team who's bowling 154 k's an hour through the tournament, you think, well, just unleash him on the Dutch. They won't be able to do anything. He'll knock over five of them and happy days will chase it in 10 overs and, and have a nice early exit. So, it, I mean, tactically, in the neutral sense, it was the right thing to do, but maybe it didn't read the ground because teams batting second have struggled at Adelaide over the last week or so. 
it's hard to know. We're not we're not psychologists, and it's hard to get in the the, the minds of the players. But when this happens to South Africa, do you, do we think the weight of history at times plays a part in these situations? I I think by this point, it's hard to deny that that must be part of it. So it's not like I mean, obviously every every team has different players in it, and they're from different eras and all of the rest of it. But by the time you've got such a consistent streak, I think by the time the possibility of losing appears, you know, that's when things start to, to fall apart. But I think it's also worth being clear that this wasn't a game that South Africa lost. This is a game that the Dutch won because they wanted it. They were furious about it. They were Their attack on the ball, the way they fielded, the way they choked off South Africa scoring, the way they buzzed around inside the ring. You know, they were bang up for it from ball one. Um, they fielded brilliantly. They caught brilliantly. They were there to make a point. Uh, and I think they did make a big point to not just South Africa, but a lot of the big teams in the world to say that we can match it with you on our day. Just on that, we're speaking to Jeff Lemon, SEN cricket commentator. We've seen, you know, the Irish knock off England. The only team that didn't win a game in this World Cup has been Afghanistan. We saw what the Netherlands did yes, what do, what has this tournament said about some of these emerging nations? Is this a sign that they are improving and they can do more damage in major tournaments in the future, or is this just part of twenty twenty cricket that we're always going to see the odd upset, but we will never see these teams, you know, make semifinals of these tournaments, for example. I, I think it massively shows that the standard has improved a lot. I mean, Afghanistan didn't get a win but they had two games washed out and they very nearly beat Australia so you know that would have been another one of those upsets now there's a point where the upsets stop being upsets if they're happening regularly enough and so what we see with these lower ranked teams is they struggle with the consistency they can't turn on that performance every time they come out to play but they are good enough to turn on that that performance you know one time out of five or six rather than one time out of 20 or 30 or 50 which it, it may have been once upon a time so they're playing a lot more amongst themselves. They're playing more uh, more tournaments. They've got more players in franchise T20 tournaments. And there is something about the short form that does equalise teams more than longer formats. So you'd find those teams would struggle to compete more in, say, a 50-over match. But in a 20-over match, it's short enough that a couple of players having an influential day um, can make the difference or a couple of players failing on the other team can make a difference. So... I hope that we see more movement from the top of, of the food chain in world cricket to say that we need to be playing these teams more and giving them more opportunities. You'd have to say it was a disastrous campaign for Australia, defending champions. I know no team's gone back-to-back in T20 World Cups, but right from the first match, it just didn't look right for Australia. It just didn't look like they were going to fire in this competition. If, looking back and analysing, what's the biggest mistake they made in this tournament, do you think? Uh, I think that Australian teams tend to go at things with an inherent conservatism. So when you're a team that, say, you've been beaten up by New Zealand in your first game, your net run rate's been destroyed, uh, you've lost a game you wouldn't have expected to lose against a team that usually struggles against Australia, what you need to do from that point is really put the foot down against other teams. So when they played Ireland, when they played Afghanistan, they let those teams into the game by not scoring big enough um, when Australia was batting first and, and then by letting them back into the game by not being more adaptable with the way they were bowling in the second innings. So I think Australia went into those games with a conservative mindset of we've just got to make sure that we notch the win because we don't want to be embarrassed here, where they needed to be prepared to take more risks and, and play more boldly and really take on those teams, put them under pressure, you know, try to 
try to make huge scores against them and beat them by big margins so that they could get that net run rate repaired. And uh, if they'd done so, then that would have come off. But in the end, both Ireland and Afghanistan were able to run Australia very close. So what happens now, Jeff? Uh, Jared Waitley and Damien Fleming were having this discussion earlier. The fact is, you know, we go into test series now and we've got the home summer and then we've got big series against in- India and England. And then we've got a 50-over World Cup. So... Does it sort of get put on the back burner now, what happens to the T20 team? Or do you think there's discussions that will start pretty much straight away, you know, what do we need to change? Who are the players we're looking at to come in and be the next generation? Or the fact is, for the next six or seven months, it's not really a high priority. Yeah, I, I don't think it is a high priority. There's, so there's yet another T20 World Cup in 2024. And part of the issue is that these tournaments come around so often that they don't actually mean as much. You know, bombing out of a T20 World Cup is not a big deal when there's another one 18 months later, you know, as opposed to, say, a 50-over World Cup where it's on that four-year cycle and it feels more significant. So I don't think they'll be thinking about it at all for maybe six six to nine months. Um, but you go in circles with these things. There was a period where Australia tried picking T20 specialists to play, you know, the best players out of the Big Bash to go and play for Australia in T20 cricket, and that failed at the World Cup in 2016. Um then they, they use their test players effectively in last year's T20 World Cup and win it unexpectedly in the UAE. And they roll out the same team this time around and they've got nowhere near it, um, the same team that won a year ago. So there is a lot of randomness as well in the 20-over game. And, and if you're off the boil, which Australia were for a week or so, well, that's more than enough to get knocked out of a tournament. It sets up a really intriguing two semi-finals: New Zealand versus Pakistan and England versus India. I think what we've seen at the MCG with Pakistan Inc., India, and what we saw last night, 82,000 fans for essentially yeah. a dead rubber. I think there's a lot of neutrals hoping for an India-Pakistan final, even though there's a lot of love for the New Zealand cricket team uh, in this country as well. How do you see the two semis going? Well, I think just in terms of spectacle, you know, the neutrals would be hoping for India-Pakistan because those two teams don't play each other bilaterally. You know, it's, it's always an occasion when they get together. Uh, but imagine being a Zimbabwe player last night playing in front of 80,000 people. That would never have happened in, in any of their lives or careers. You know, it's an extraordinary thing to happen. That's the power that, you know, the, the crowd-pulling power that having in, India in the finals can bring. And so, you know, I think it's reasonable to, to hope for that just for the sake of the spectacle. But New Zealand are, are a team that probably deserve a trophy. They've they made the last two 50-over World Cup finals, the last 20-over World Cup final, and they're the current... Uh, World Test Championship winners. So they've done everything right in all formats across the years. And, yeah, it, it would be nice to, to see them finally get some rewards for it. Yeah, who knows what will happen. This tournament has been so unpredictable. Can't wait for the semifinals. Uh, Jeff, uh, well done yesterday. Fantastic call by you and the team. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Uh, absolute pleasure and a pleasure to call that game. Cheers. Great to speak to Jeff Lemon. Let's get another breakaway on Afternoons for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Of course, drink responsibly. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.